Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I just celebrated yesterday the 50th episode. I cannot believe that we are already on episode. This will be episode 51. So very, very grateful to be here talking to you guys every week. It is one of the highlights of my week. I love talking about these topics. They are near and dear to my heart and such a huge part of my mission in helping heal this world. So if you're watching this on YouTube, hello. If you are listening to this on the pod, hello. And I'm about to go on to Instagram live so that we can spread this episode in all of the places. So I'm gonna hop on to Instagram and we're gonna talk today about a very, very exciting topic. All right, let's see. I still need to get my setup going at the new place. Because right now the phone is much lower than the computer. So if you're watching this on YouTube and I'm looking down, that's why. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live. Cheers to you. Happy Wednesday. <sighs> I woke up this morning just feeling really, really grateful. There is so much atrocity happening in the world right now and all the time. And <clears throat> I keep coming back to what is in my power. And what is in my power is to take care of myself, take care of my energetic vibration and spread that healing to my clients, to, through this podcast, to the world, and believe with every cell in my being that we can change the way that we relate to one another on this earth. But it all starts with us. When stuff like this would happen in the world, I would get sucked into a rabbit hole. I would just get so dysregulated with fear and pain and just like want to stay in bed all day. And that didn't serve anyone. And so if your heart is hurting like mine is with everything going on, I am with you. I feel the same. And we have to come back to what is in our power. And if we each do that, that collectively domino effects to greater healing in the world. So my DMs are open for any support. If you just need someone to say, I love you and I'm here with you, I am always there for that. <clears throat> so speaking of tending to ourselves and doing what's in our power, what's in our power is healing our attachment wounding because addiction, war, all of the things happening in the world right now are an a, a giant attachment wound. If every single person healed their attachment wounding, there would be no war. There would be no, you know, hate or killing. Like it would just be <clears throat> feel each person feeling safe in their own body, in their own skin, and would not be teaching other people to be hateful. So I got this request from one of my clients and my listeners around how anxious attachment is related to money scarcity. Oh, let's just take a moment to honor this topic because it is such a good one <clears throat> and it is so important. 
there's so much talk in the wellness world around money, manifestation, abundance, wealth. And then you have the side that's around healing and anxiety and nervous system work. But rarely do we bridge the two together. And that is something incredibly important that my mentor has taught me that we cannot separate the two. Our relationship with money is exactly that. It's a relationship. Just like our relationship with a partner is a relationship. Just like a relationship to ourselves is a relationship. We are in relationship to everything in our lives, our work, our lovers, our friends, our family, ourselves, our money, our homes, our pets. I can go on and on. Everything is a relationship because everything boils down to how do we want to relate to that thing? <clears throat> money is one of the, oh, it is a nuanced relationship. There's a relationship. It is a relationship that has so much depth and history to it. So many generational wounds tied into it that it can feel really tricky to navigate how do I change my relationship with money? So let's break down how anxious attachment connects to your relationship with money. And for those that don't know, anxious attachment is one of the four attachment styles. It's one of the three insecure attachment styles. The fourth one is secure attachment. And it's developed in the womb from your mother's nervous system, from your dad's nervous system. And it wires you to get basically where your needs are being met inconsistently. So mom gives you attunement and attention and eye contact and holding and is able to be with you in pain some of the time. And other times, maybe mom was too dysregulated herself to do that. That's how it was in my case. My mom had her own deep anxious attachment where she was busy trying to get her needs met by other people. And then I was trying to get them met by her. And so when she was off trying to get them met by other people, I then wasn't getting it consistently. And I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for my dad being a pretty solid, safe nervous system, I would have developed what's called disorganized attachment, which is both avoidant and anxious, where it's like you're fearful of the, the intimacy, but you also deeply need it and crave it. Uh, but my dad was this very like, <clears throat> like stable nervous system. And my mom was a little bit not. And so there was a little bit of balance there, but it ended up deepening this anxious attachment for me. So that's a little bit about anxious attachment. It's when you fully don't feel safe to commit, honor, and come home to yourself. It feels safer to attach on to other people. Whereas with avoidant attachment, it feels safer to stay <laughs> disconnected from other people because intimacy feels terrifying. And it feels safer. It's like this fear of losing yourself. And so then you avoid. But either way, you're not truly connected to yourself. When you're truly connected to yourself, you're not avoidant or anxious. You are secure. So that's a little background for that. Now, how does this relate to money? Well, if we think about money as a relationship, how do we treat money in a secure way versus an anxious way. So for example, if you're looking at money from an anxiously attached way, you're going to be treating it the same way you would a partner. How do you relate to your partner as an anxiously attached person? There's control, there's graspiness, there's external saving, there's seeking external validation, 
there's heavy attachment to everything that that person says, does, or um, how they act towards you. There's a lot of overthinking. There's insecurity of like, oh, is this person saying this because of this? Or, you know, like, is this person going on this trip because they want to get away from me? It's this constant fear of abandonment. The, the, the fear deep down underneath all of it is, am I going to get my needs met? And if I don't, I'm going to be left. And so this anxiety of being abandoned actually creates energy in the relationship where sometimes you do perceive abandonment or sometimes the relationship doesn't work out. How many of you who are listening right now who have identified that they have an anxious attachment have actually self-sabotaged relationships because of that anxious attachment? Or just like not felt in them how you want to feel like your most authentic, powerful self. Or felt really needy or insecure. The reason why we feel needy is because we have unmet needs. And as soon as we accept that, the sooner we can actually meet those needs. The sooner we can meet those needs, the less needy the energy feels. So if we apply all of that to money... Are you grasping onto money? Are you attaching onto where the money will come from and trying to figure it out because you don't feel safe to be in the unknown and that protector of need to know, needing to know where it's going to come from shows up? Are you trying to control that? Are you using money to validate you? Like someone pays you and then you feel worthy, whereas if they don't pay you, you don't feel worthy. And then most importantly, how does your relationship with money affect your relationships with your humans in your life? So if you say you want more money, but then every day you're coming home to your roommates or your family and you're talking about the same common topics, oh my God, the world is falling apart, oh my God, the... I'm so broke. Oh my God, I'm never going to make more money. Like if you're constantly in that energy of brokenness, you're going to stay broke. Like the expression, who you surround yourself with, the top five people are, you know, determine who you're going to be. There's nothing more true than that. I remember the first time I ever, oh God, it's like, I remember the first time I ever went to an environment where people thought about money so differently. And I literally was changed that night. I was like, my whole world opened up to what was possible. So before, when I was living in this environment where, you know, my friends and family would talk about how unfair, you know, the pay system is at work and how, you know, there's so much student loan debt and, and all that. And then you know, like more of just feeling like this victim to a system because it's so easy to feel that way. Or we would, you know, talk about um, in the therapy world how like, oh my God, I got a raise, but it was only for $2 and I still can't afford my rent. Like it was this constant environment of scarcity. And I paid $500 to go to Amanda Francis's book launch party. If you don't know Amanda Francis, she's one of my mentors, my inspiration. She is a money manifestation guru and a former therapist, just like I was. And I went to her book party. She has a book called Rich as Fuck, highly recommended if you haven't read it. And I walked into this room and I, you know, I just knew I was like, of course I'm going to pay $500. Do I have the $500? No, but I do have a credit card. I'm grateful for that. I'm going to put it on the credit card. 
It was the best $500 I ever spent because it literally led me to sitting here talking to you all today where I have since now created a six-figure healing business, which coming from the therapy world, when I literally was getting paid pennies to work with uh, way too many clients and being severely overworked and burned out, this is truly beyond my wildest dreams. My wildest dream was going into private practice and being able to maybe make six figures by seeing a, a ton of clients at a higher rate. Now I see less clients than I ever have in my life. And I make more than I ever have in my life. And I'm only making more and I'm only working less. Now, don't get me wrong. Entrepreneurship is hard work, but you have to choose your heart. The therapy world for me was way harder because I wasn't in alignment. Being an entrepreneur is in alignment for me. So yes, I work hard, but I also don't work nearly as hard as I used to. And it doesn't feel as hard because it's work I actually enjoy. So it doesn't suck my soul. It feeds my soul. So anyway, that was a little side tangent, but coming from that world, just to give you a little background and context, and then going into this book launch party literally changed my life. I walked in and there were all of these people there these women who were making millions of dollars doing what they loved. And at the time I had been trying to find other ways of making money because the therapy world, I, again, I couldn't even afford my bills half the time. I needed family support. I needed to work two different jobs. Like the struggle was real. The hustle was real. And I was all just trying to get these hours for my licensure, which then I realized I don't actually want to be licensed. I got one of my licenses in New York. And then for my final license, I burned all my papers and the board rejected some of them. And instead of fighting them because they were, they should have counted them. I burned them. And I was like, this is a pivot from the universe. So I walk into that room. There's women actually getting paid to do what they love, not to do what they don't love. And where I was going with that before was that I was trying to find other ways. And one of the other ways was I was doing um, one of those MLMs. And in a weird way, it prepared me for my business because it was like this daily practice of talking to a mentor. It wasn't actual mentorship, what I had learned, but <laughs> what I know now. But it was this practice of like, it was the first time I stopped watching TV. It was the first time that I really created more of a vision for my life. Now, was that in alignment? No, because I was pouring all that time and energy for basically another company's business. Multi-level marketing, it's like you're pouring in all this time and energy to make money off of someone else's business. So that still wasn't in alignment because I wasn't doing what I loved. But it just shows you that at that point, I was so desperate to just find something, something different, something that would help me create the life that I wanted to create. Because I knew that, you know, a six-figure private practice business doing therapy and like working nonstop, I knew that wasn't going to feed my soul. It felt really isolating and lonely to me. It didn't feel expansive. And I knew that deep down, but I just didn't know what the other option was. So coming from both the therapy world and the MLM and then going into this event and meeting all of these women whose energy was just like contagious. Like I met people there. I met one of my acquaintances who um, makes millions off of doing OnlyFans and she loves it. I met another woman who 
does like, you know, subconscious uh, mindset coaching. I met another woman who um, does like wedding business. Like they're all doing what they love to do. And they're just in this like powerful energy. And I told one of them like, yeah, I'm, you know, joining this business coaching program. I just discovered the online coaching world. I didn't even know that Instagram had this. I don't know what I was doing on Instagram before. I literally never remember seeing like coaches. <laughs> I just would like post my pictures and, you know, I would always, I was always someone that would share my life on social media. My family used to call me the Snapchat queen because I was on Snapchat all the time, TBT to Snapchat. I never use it anymore. Um, they got me like the Snapchat glasses and the the t-shirt. Like I was always into social media as a way to share as a way to relate, as a way to connect. Obviously, social media can be super harmful if you're not using it in an intentional way. And it's also addicting, right? And that's an addiction that I have to work with every single day because yes, I have the valid excuse of, oh, it's my job, but also it's my job to practice what I preach and honor self-discipline and boundaries and not give in to the dopamine hits. So I didn't know that there was this whole world on social media. So I, you know, I went there, I met Amanda Francis, I was in this energy and I just left that whole week feeling so inspired. And I was like, I'm going to create this business. I had no idea what that was going to look like. I had no idea what that had meant at the time for my therapy license, because I didn't even sit down and think like, okay, option A is go get my therapy license and do prior practice. Option B is to do this. I just, just, I just didn't even think about it. I just moved. I was like, Oh, we're moving. We're moving. I'm getting pulled in this direction. I'll figure out this whole other thing later that I've been working on for eight years. I'm just going to move. <laughs> and I just figured like, yeah, I would do both. Like I'll get both. And then as I learned about it and I started my business, I was like, I do not want to do both. Like I love this way more. And so we have to be willing to pivot now from an anxious attachment perspective, when you, you hold on to things so clearly I could have been so heavily attached to those hours, to those binders of papers that I'd been filling out for years and years <clears throat> to get that license. I could have easily attached onto that. And instead I just allowed my soul to like guide me and it was pulling me and pulling me. And I was like, I don't even know yet. I don't even know what's happening over here. And I don't need to know. I'm just going to keep moving. And by the time I got my first client for coaching, I was like, therapy license, what? Like, it's, it's almost like my brain forgot about this thing that I had been working. Like, it was my whole life mission to have the same letters after my name as my parents. Now talk about attachment, right? My parents' names both ended in LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. And from the time I was little, my dad said, you're going to be an incredible therapist. And my mom said, run as far away from the therapy world as you can. Go make money. And so I was taught that either I could do what I was good at and do what I loved, which was being a therapist, or I could follow my mom's advice and go into, you know, I was a communications major, go into marketing, communication, do anything that could make me more money. I was taught that those two things couldn't coexist because that was the experience of my parents where they were, they met in social work school. They were in the social work field their entire careers, and my mom never made the type of money that she wanted. My dad only now is making a little bit closer to what he wanted, but that's because he retired after like 20, 20 to 30 years of working at the school and started a private practice and is seeing like all these clients and he loves it. He genuinely loves it, 
But when it comes to my upbringing of, can you do what you love and get paid for it? That was not my parents' experience. They were happy enough, at least my dad. My dad has always been happy enough with the amount he made, but my mom always wanted more. And that's where I get it from. I'm like, oh, she always wanted more and she never got more. And so I was like, okay, here's this coaching world where I can actually do what I love and do it in a way that actually is far more effective for my clients than the way that I was working before. And that is a byproduct of me investing in myself and hiring a mentor who taught me a better way. Had I not said yes to investing, at the time her rate was $1,500. And at the time I was only making $1,500 a month. And so I went into debt and it was the best choice I've ever made in my life. It was the best choice I've ever made in my life because me healing my anxious attachment allowed me to relate to money from a more secure way, which allowed me to relate to my business in a more secure way, to my clients in a more secure way, to my mentor in a more secure way. And that actually allowed me to attract more of it. So let's go back to the different ways that you would be relating to money from an anxiously attached perspective. So how this would change your relationships, right? That's what I was... (laughs) I'm like going at this topic. There's so many different directions. I'm like a little all over the place, but I hope you're following along. And if not, it's okay. (laughs) So what I was saying before was if you think about the way in which you're relating to your humans and how you're bonding over that, right? And so what happens if you are like, oh, I'm actually not going to choose to subscribe to these beliefs anymore. And I'm going to heal my anxious attachment and I'm going to attract and feel safe to attract more money. What happens then? It feels like you are then risking loss and perception of abandonment because not everyone will come with you. So as someone who has had an activated anxious attachment wound my entire life, moving across the country from my whole family that I'm super close to, terrifying. Leaving my therapy jobs after trying to get licensed for years and years, terrifying. Investing in myself when I didn't have money to invest, terrifying. It triggered my anxious attachment. It triggered my control. It triggered my need to know. And it has made me lose people. And as an anxiously attached person, the worst case scenario is loss. Why? Loss is painful for anyone. But when your safety feels dependent on someone else and then you lose that, it feels like you lose your safety. I experienced this when I moved and I left my partner who I was deeply in love with and deeply attached to. It literally felt like I was dying without him. And I almost moved back for him because of how strong my anxious attachment was. Now that I look back, I understand that I didn't feel safe to just be with myself. It was my first time ever living alone in California I was numbing. It was then six months later, a pandemic, which I had serious medical trauma and it triggered all of that. So I was living alone for this, for the first time. (laughs) I'm just laughing. It was such a wild time. And then six months later, oh, time to stay in your apartment alone and try and not, you know, like let this medical trauma trigger take over where I was terrified to leave my apartment. And then ended up living with a partner who didn't even believe in, you know, the COVID vaccine and like all this and added more fear and more fear and more fear. It was just fear, 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 fear. 
And the universe was like forcing me to face this anxious attachment. And that relationship, I got so deeply triggered. I felt so deeply unsafe. That is what led me to hire my mentor and was like, I need to, I need to heal this shit. I'm not doing this again. No, no, no. So all of those things felt terrifying, especially for a person who's anxiously attached. So when you are wanting to make more money, you have to be radically honest about the fact that that probably means you're going to lose people. The more that you heal and expand, you're going to lose people. I have lost people for like, I've lost people in terms of grief and death before, but this is the first time that I've actually lost people as a result of me being my authentic self. And let me tell you, my ego and I, we had to do some work around that because my identity was so wrapped up in this, in this persona of like, well, everyone loves me every, like, I'm so likable. Like I'm, I'm that person that everyone goes to. I'm like the therapist of the friend group. Like I'm the nice one. I'm the empathetic one. I'm the understanding one. I can always understand the root of anyone's behavior. All of that was a trauma response. Cause yes, I can understand the root of everyone's behavior. That doesn't mean I then have to say, oh, that works for me. And so I've ended a friendship for the first time. I've also had people end friendships with me for the first time. And it brought up all of my abandonment shit. It brought up all of my anxious attachment. It was incredibly painful. It still is painful. That pain lives in my heart. But when we actually show our nervous systems that we're safe to be with the pain and feel it as it comes up rather than run away from it or avoid it, because essentially when you're avoiding making the kind of money you want to make and even just owning that, like, yeah, I want to fucking be a multimillionaire, like owning what you actually desire, you're going to have to be in the face of judgment. I've been judged by even very close people in my life about how much money I want to make because they project their own money shit onto you. And unlike those people, I've actually learned a different reality when it comes to money, that rich people aren't evil. I mean, yeah, look at the world. There are leaders right now who are not leading, who are prioritizing money over human lives. No wonder we all have fucked up money stories. Duh. Like we can absolutely validate where that comes from, but that should be even more motivation for money to be in the hands of people who are actually going to do good with it. If I had all the money right now, I would use all that money to put an end to what's happening. Not like the leaders we have that are profiting over a genocide in human lives. So we associate money and rich people with this evil energy because rich people have used money for evil before. And that is because they are relating to their money from a place of scarcity, survival, and insecure attachment. If you have a secure relationship with money, meaning you feel safe to release it, to receive it, to circulate it, to use it for good, you wouldn't be using it to fill wounds or external validation or saving the way that some of these leaders are using it to perpetuate their own wounds, their own parts of themselves that they're rejecting. Because when you hate someone else and you you fund people getting killed, that is because that person does not have secure attachment with themselves or others. 
That's all attachment wounding. It's that they are not held and so hurt people hurt people. Traumatize people, traumatize people, which is why it was so important for me to actually invest in myself to do this work because I have the responsibility of guiding other people in their healing. And so if I'm not dealing with my own trauma, that's going to affect the way in which I work with clients. It's the same thing with the leaders of the world. They're using their money for evil because they have not processed their own trauma. That's why this is literally the key to building a whole new earth. So if you are unhappy, not only not happy, if you are heartbroken, which you should be, if you are disgusted, which you should be around what's happening in the world, that should be all the information you need to understand that the most selfless, important thing that you can do to help right now is to process your trauma, is to rewire your nervous system out of survival mode, is to heal your attachment wounding. There's nothing I feel more passionate about than this because everyone thinks like, oh yeah, hiring a coach and doing this healing is such a luxury. Like, oh, I don't have the money for that. Like, well, you have the money to go out to eat. You have the money to go to a baseball game. You have the money to go shopping. You have the money to go Christmas decor shopping. Why don't you redirect all of that into actually healing yourself? Because the more people that do that, we would not have leaders like that anymore. We would develop new leaders where money is in the hands of people who are going to do good with it. I went to an event last week and there were billionaires there teaching us about money and they they showed us what they do with their money. And they there was one guy who literally feeds and educates 4,000 orphans a day in Africa. Like, and he's like, well, a billion's not enough. I just sold, you know, I could retire, but it's not enough. I want to help more and I want to have more of an impact and more of an impact. Like there are so many millionaires and billionaires that are actually doing really beautiful, important work in the world. But if you keep associating money with greedy or evil or, you know, they're never being enough, then there's never going to be enough. That is your ancestral wounds and it's your responsibility to break that. And I'm not saying that everyone can afford coaching right now. I'm not saying that, you know, like the example I gave of the, you know, spending it on money or spending it on shopping and baseball games, like that's a good chunk of you listening. And I know there's a chunk of you listening that really genuinely just don't have it. And that's okay. You can also do things that are free. I get free content every day. You can create three daily habits in your life that are literally free, especially around money. You can go into the bank account and let's say you only have $1. I want you to practice being in the energy of, wow, I have this $1. I can, what can I do with this? I feel so grateful for this $1. You can journal about what it would feel like to have more. You can meditate, you can chant, you can stretch your body, you can move, you can be intentional with the things that you consume. So not having money is not an excuse. And most of you actually do have the money, but you're too scared to release it and invest in yourself because that has not been normalized. I mean, Jesus Christ, when I like, if my family knew how much I've invested in my healing, their jaws would be far down the, the hallway. I can't even see them. It's just a different way of relating. And so you can either hear those people who are going to judge you who are going to break up with you, who are going to, you know, <laughs> uh, end the friendship with you or whatever it is. And you can say, well, do I want their life? Do I want their relationship with money? 
Because I looked at that and I said, nope, I do not. And that, that applies to anything, not just money. Do I want to feel the way that they're feeling? Do I want to have to stay stuck, addicted the way that they're addicted? No, 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 and no. And so what did I do? I looked for people or I attracted people. I didn't even look. They literally came to me. The universe was like, here you go. I attracted people who were expanders for me. Amanda Francis was one of the first person I looked at and she was teaching things that she loved and getting paid to do what she loved and living a life that she loved and then giving back in a way that she loved. And then I met my mentor who was doing the same thing. She's literally healing this world. And then I get to be a part of it and I get to choose, am I going to stick with these people that are addicted, traumatized, and not wanting to look at themselves? Or am I going to go this way with these people? And that may create some disconnect or loss with these people. But I will tell you that I've had some people that I was connecting with over here who have actually chosen to come with me. And it's been the most beautiful domino effect of healing possible. And they tell me, there is one friend in particular, she said, I used to get so triggered when you would tell me that you weren't watching TV because it made me feel self-conscious about watching TV. And I was so scared of you changing because it threatened my own safety. And now that she's doing this, she's like, I'm so grateful we're doing this together. Like, you know, she's working on her addictions. Like we're just in it. We're speaking the same language. It's just the most beautiful thing. And then the people over here that didn't come with me, it's not this, you know, like this all or nothing black or white. It's like our dynamic has changed, right? We may not feel as close to each other, but we still love each other, right? You can still love people from afar, but are you willing to sacrifice yourself and what you want in your life for those people? And so the sooner that you accept that there's going to be loss, there's going to be very uncomfortable conversations. There's going to be discomfort around this disconnect you start feeling and you're going to start feeling lonely and lonely. And then you're going to be in that loneliness and start attracting people that are more aligned, more aligned. Like I've built myself this soul family. I now have a soul family who wants to create similar things, who wants to actually grow we are meant to change. We are meant to grow. I look at these people in my life who literally are in the same exact position, literally the same home, the same job, the same, you know, ways of being every day. And I'm like, oh my God, kill me now. Like, no, I'm no, not signing up for that. Not, I don't want that. Not at all, like not even the slightest that that literally sucks all of the juices out of my my vagina. I'm like, nope, not a turn on, not a turn on. Nope, we are meant to change. We are meant to evolve. And when we are so fucking terrified of losing people, our anxious attachment will come in and block us from abundance because we are trying to control. We are trying to grasp on. We are trying to use money to fulfill this void. And so the way that I've had to shift my anxious attachment when it comes to money is entrepreneurship. There's ebbs and flows. There are months where I'm like, holy fuck, I'm rolling in the dough. And then there are months where I'm like, holy fuck, I literally cannot afford my expenses. Literally cannot afford my expenses where I know that I'm, I may have to go into debt again. And so I get to choose how to relate to that. When my brain goes automatically to the place of, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to afford my expenses this month. 
Because keep in mind, my expenses have grown immensely as I have grown immensely, as my business has grown immensely, as my income has grown immensely. So before when my income or my expenses would be rent and food when I was living in New York, rent and food and like utilities, those were my expenses. Now my expenses, forget about it, <laughs> forget about it. We got my mentor, we got my social media manager, we got my rent, which is way more expensive now. I'm paying more in rent now by myself than the than what the total amount of the apartment was when I had two roommates and Astoria Queens. Like it's just completely different phase of my money journey. Where like before paying, you know, $900 a month was a huge stretch in rent when I had those two roommates. And now I'm paying triple that. And yes, it's a stretch, but it's like I'm continuously stretching my nervous system because if you want to make money, but you're not willing to stretch beyond your comfort zone, you're not going to make money. Newsflash. <laughs> it's like people are like, I want to make more money. I want to make more money. I want to. Well, what are you actually doing to stretch your nervous system with that? If you're continuously staying in the same, oh, I'm not going to move because this rent feels comfortable. My last rent felt so much more comfortable than this rent. And listen, there's a balance, right? I'm not saying go off and spend more than you have. No, I'm saying that if your soul is calling you to something, I want you to listen to it. I want you to feel the fear and do it anyway. My old rent, comfortable. I didn't have a doubt in my mind. Oh, I could pay that. But when I found this apartment after deciding I was going to stop looking because I was like, let me just milk this rent for all I can. And let me just, you know, take advantage of this comfort, you know, because it's nice to just land in that safety. And then I saw this apartment and my gut, I just knew it. I knew it in my soul. I was like, that's my home. That's my next stretch. And so I got comfortable for a little bit and now I'm stretching and then I get comfortable for a little bit and then I'm stretching. But if you have an activated anxious attachment wound, your fear of abandonment, your control, your grasping, you're trying to figure out where the money's going to come from. You're attaching to clients or opportunities like, oh, this client, you know, perfect. They gave me this amount. So they're going to give me this amount every month. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. This is where it comes back to being in the present moment. I receive money in the present moment. Okay. That money may not be returning again. So I can't attach onto it. I have to allow it to come. I have to allow it to circulate. I cannot attach onto it. So what does that mean when relating through secure attachment? Oh, there's a hummingbird. Hello. When, when relating through secure attachment, it's leaning into trust and faith that even though right now I technically can't afford my expenses, I can feel the fear as it comes up and then I just keep shifting into faith and I keep taking my inspired action and I know that the universe is supporting me because every time this happens, the universe has shown me that it supports me because I believe that it will. If you don't believe the universe will support you, you're going to keep attracting more and more opportunities for the universe to not support you. And then actually, even in those moments, the universe actually is supporting you because it's trying to teach you the damn lesson that you're not learning, that you're just repeating over and over and over again. The universe will bring us the same lessons over and over and over again. What's happening in the world right now is because we have not learned those lessons. 
And it's fucking disgusting and infuriating of like how many times does the same shit need to happen for us to learn the damn lesson? But we can't control that. All we can control is ourselves. And so if you want the same shit to stop happening in the world, what are you doing about it? How are you working on your own self and focusing on your own self? Because that is what heals the world. You expending energy getting sucked into these rabbit holes where you let it consume you. And I'm not saying to bypass what's happening. I'm saying to feel the pain of it, like actually feel it and then shift into how do I want to relate to this? Because let me tell you, last week I got sucked in. I got sucked into the dark rabbit hole. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was feeling scared. I was sucked into my phone. I couldn't stop watching the atrocities. I was like, I just can't stop. And I was like, this isn't helping anyone. It makes me feel helpless. It makes me feel like there's nothing I can do when that's not true. There is something I can do. I can actually show up and serve my community and serve this world and help people do the healing that would eliminate this problem to begin with. And yes, it is that simple. It is that simple. If we all healed our nervous system, there would be no war. There would be no society that would be like, oh yeah, cool. Let's have a war. Like, no, that wouldn't even be a thing. Why would we even want that to be a thing? Like none of this should be happening in the first place. There's no issue or problem in the world that cannot be solved without hurting each other. And if you believe that hurting each other is necessary to solve problems, that is coming from your survival mode. That is coming from a dysregulated nervous system. That is coming from trauma. There is no problem in the world that we cannot solve without eliminating this way of doing it. Like really sit with that. The dogs are snoring. Like really sit with that. The fact that we live in this world that believes that hurting each other is the only way to solve problems when in reality, it only creates way more problems. Is that a belief? Is that a society? Is that a way of living that you want to subscribe to? Because I certainly don't. And so I can't control what's happening, but I can control how I show up and how I relate to it. And it's the same thing with your relationship, with your anxious attachment, with your money, with your fear. You get to choose how to relate to anything in life. You don't bypass it, but you don't have to attach onto it and get sucked in. You get to feel your emotions and then decide, how do I want to shift? How do I want to show up in my energy? And then you keep showing up and then the universe keeps rewarding that courage because it is the most courageous thing you can do when you go against the way that an entire herd of society is relating. So I want you to really look at how are you relating to your money from a place of not enough, from anxiety, and really asking yourself, is that mine? Is that my parents? Is that my grandparents? Is that my great-grandparents? And how would I choose to relate to this if I didn't have to take on the way that they related to their money? I kid you not, I talk to my grandpa almost every day. One of his first questions every single day is, are you making any money? Are your clients paying you? Are these people trying to steal your clients? He is riddled with fear around money. 
that is in my DNA. And I get to choose how to relate to that. One, I could choose, well, maybe I don't want to talk to him every day if he's going to just keep bringing this up. But then I decide, you know what? He's old. I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. It literally makes his day. That's something that I'm willing to do. I'm going to hear his voice for as long as his voice is here. And I don't need to take that on. I get to actually show him a new way of relating to money. And every time when he asks that, I don't actually tell him what's going on. Oh yeah, that, you know, this is a lower month or, oh yeah, I can't afford my expenses or, oh yeah, this month is great. Like I don't share any of that because he wouldn't be able to get it. But what I do share is money is always coming my way. Money is always flowing to me. Clients love to pay me. They love my services. They love to work with me because they do. That's not a lie. They do. I get messages every day from clients about how this work transforms their lives. Even after we're done working together, they either want to come back or they're just messaging me with saying how much they're integrating and how completely different their life is. So you get to choose how to relate to it. I could, I could talk to him and be like, well, you know, yeah, you know, this client pay, but this client, I don't know, like go into the nitty gritty. No, because one, it would perpetuate his fear. And two, I get to be the gentle leader and I get to say, yeah, that things are, things are doing, things are amazing. And it's not that you want to lie about it, but it's, you want to be super intentional with what you share to who, because is this person an expander for you or are they going to perpetuate fear? And if they're going to perpetuate fear, then you have to be the one to not allow that to perpetuate fear by changing the energy of the conversation. And you know what now my grandpa tells me? He still asks the same questions, but then I shift the energy. And then what is his response? Oh, Rach, you're going to be a millionaire before you know it. Like he then gets excited about it because I'm excited about it. No matter what's going on behind the scenes, I get to choose how to relate to that. And so then I'm excited about it. I'm not like grasping on of like, oh, this and this. And this is something that I've had to actively work on because that control would come up. I would launch a group and I would, in my mind, try and visualize like, okay, it could be filled, you know, with this person or this person or this part. Like I would try and figure it out and it sucks the magic and the joy out of it. Now I get to say, oh, I have these two groups open. I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to be in them, but I know that this work is going to serve so many people. I know I connect back to my why, why am I doing these groups? I'm not doing these groups to fill my time. I'm doing these groups because they literally are life-changing and it would be selfish of me not to. Why do you think I tattooed, come home to yourself on my arm? Because I'm a walking testimonial of how this work has changed my life and how this work has changed everyone else's lives that have done it. And so it's connecting back to the why, it's feeling safe to be with the unknown and saying, how would I relate to this if I were relating through secure attachment and not anxious? Okay, just catching up on the comments. <clears throat> my grandpa's the same. If I have a boyfriend or someone special in my life, and remember that, yes, I am that someone special. <laughs> yes, exactly. I used to really trigger you. Yeah, totally. I mean, Jesus, it's, it's the most exhausting thing, right? To hear the same fear over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, 
this is how the world is. This is kind of, there's a root. There's a root for why he's saying this. I don't even want to know what his childhood was like if that is his main focus every single day. And so we get to change how we relate to money. And so I want you to really look at where are you grasping onto the money that you have as if it's the last dollar you'll ever make. Because if you believe it's the last dollar you'll ever make, you're blocking yourself from receiving more. Where are you investing in things that actually aren't aligned but are more feeding your addictions? Like for me, I would be in the scarcity mode and I'd be like, okay, I need to save money. But then I would do the opposite because I was so dysregulated that instead of saving money, I would then just, I'm like, oh, well, I'm already in the hole anyway. Might as well just spend money on this comfort food and the shopping and these distractions and like just be on this high with it. And just like, it was almost like I was bypassing the fear and I was using that spending as a way to try and convince my nervous system that I was okay. Like, oh, look, I can use my credit card. I'm fine with money. Oh. And I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> that was my anxious attachment. And so I had to really look at that and be like, okay, let's get intentional. Let's slow down. Let's be with the fear that's coming up. Let's tend to that fear. And then only when you actually feel that fear or tend to that fear is when you can shift it. I used to try and bypass that. We are sneaky motherfuckers. I would try and bypass that fear because our nervous systems will literally do anything in their power to avoid feeling fear or pain or shame or something that feels threatening to your survival. So my, my nervous system would skip the fear part and would just be like, oh yeah, I'm so, you know, I'm totally fine with money. Just going to look at me spending. I'm clearly fine with money because I have money to spend. No, no, no. That was me being in frenetic energy of like this ungrounded state. And I could feel it. I could feel that frenetic charge behind it of like, oh my God, I'm terrified of money, but here, just take the credit card. And then I would just get into debt and debt and debt. And I just kept avoiding the fear. And then I realized, oh, I actually have to feel this fear when it comes up or else I'm never going to shift my energy. And so the first time I ever launched Come Home to Yourself, my very first round, I was doing all the actions. I was posting about it every day. I was sharing about it. I genuinely was so excited about it because it was the first round of it. And my mentor and I had a session. She was like, you're not getting any, any interest, but you're doing all the things. So that must mean it's energy because if it's either energy or the aligned action, if you're taking the action, but your energy is off, you're not going to get the thing. If your energy is, well, that doesn't even work that way. Because if your energy was in alignment, you would be doing the actions, right? If you're not doing the actions, that also is an energy problem. So it all goes back to energy, all goes back to safety, energy. Those are the two main things. So, and how safe you feel is going to determine what energy you relate to the thing from. So where was I going with that? Um, energy, safety. Oh, the first round. So we had the session like, okay, well, it must be my energy. And then I processed some deep fear of like, this is the first time I'm launching this thing. It came from an incredibly vulnerable place of healing my anxious attachment with my neighbor and the pain that I felt when he moved. And I felt like I was being abandoned all over again. And that was the night I started writing the program. And it just, it was such a vulnerable thing to then put it out in the world. And I processed a lot of fear around it. And then all of a sudden I got like four signups at once. And I was like, shit, I have a full group because I really only wanted about four or five. 
And so each launch, the same stuff comes up and you can apply this to anything in your work, right? Like if you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you are in the corporate world, like, you know, anytime that you put yourself out there, I think entrepreneurship in particular, because it brings out all the trauma responses, but you know, you can really apply this to anywhere that your anxious attachment shows up is like the, the more times I do this, the more these things are going to show up to teach me how to relate differently. So we have to feel the fear and then we have to choose how we want to relate. We have to notice when our nervous system is getting sped up in sympathetic frenetic mode. We also have to notice when it wants to shut down and we have to become that leader of our nervous systems where we get into that baseline, which is called ventral. And we take some deep breaths. How do we want to respond? And so that might mean saying intentional no's of like, no, right now, you know, normally I would invest in this and get into debt, but I'm an intentional spender now. I don't just get into debt for fun anymore. <laughs> That's me talking to myself. So I'm going to say no to that thing. Or if there's something that really lights me up that I do want to be able to say yes to, I'm going to shift my energy into believing that miracles can happen and that money can come to me at any point to support me in doing that thing. Like if I had waited for the logical time to move to a new apartment when I actually could afford it, I wouldn't be here right now. If I actually did the logical thing of waiting to quit both my therapy jobs, uh, before I actually had a business, like, yeah, I understand wanting to do that. That was not logical at all. I literally quit two of my therapy jobs before I had any income. That's crazy, but it worked. <laughs> Here we are. So I'm not saying you have to do it as crazy as I do it. I'm just a little, I'm a little bold and adventurous. I like to live on, live on the edge. But it's also because I just deeply know that like everything's going to be fine. But that doesn't mean that I don't feel fear because I'm human. So you have to meet yourself where you're at. I'm not saying quit your job to start a business. Maybe build your business on the side and do it a logical way. But what I am saying is that the thing that often seems most logical is the thing that is not going to get you a dreamy partner, a fat bank account, your dream body, and just the greatest sex. Like it's not going to build you your dream life. If you live in this like logical, practical comfort zone world. So, you know, yes, the greater, the risk, the greater the word sometimes, or maybe you just fall flat on your face, but it's more of just meeting yourself where you're at. Let me stretch. And like, where's my edge and then stretch. And then where's my edge and then stretch. That's, that's more of what I'm talking about. Anyway, all right, we got to wrap up. It's been an hour. Does anyone have any questions about this topic or anything at all? Thank you for this topic today, Rach. You are most welcome. This was such a good topic idea. I love this topic so much because like I said, it is the missing piece. We can talk about money all day, but if we don't talk about attachment wounding, forget about it. We could talk about attachment winning all day, but if we don't talk about money, forget about it. <laughs> I'm really channeling my grandpa's voice today. Forget about it. He was in my dream last night too. Sweet little Gramps. I got to call him. 
All right, any other questions, thoughts, comments? Yesterday was episode 50. It would mean the world to me if you could share on your stories one of your favorite episodes of the pod so far and tag me and let's celebrate it together and spread this pod to all the people because the more it spreads, the more healing it spreads, the more healing it spreads, the more we heal this world. So please, please, please look at any of your favorite reels that I post of the pod, um, a little nugget of wisdom that you think someone could benefit from and tag me, I will reshare it too. And let's keep spreading this healing because Lord knows we need it. We need it so friggin' badly, so badly. Last but not least, if you are ready to heal your anxious attachment, my group Come Home to Yourself 3.0 is now open. I am so excited. I am, I'm obsessed with this group, like obsessed, obsessed. It's just, it's like my pain into purpose and then giving that to you, helping you relate differently. And then you walk out a completely different version of yourself and you're like, what the fuck? I could have been living like this my whole life. Like, it's just, it's incredible. Like the amount of transformation that can happen in such a short amount of time. It's the bread and butter, bread and butter. So that is open for enrollment. If you are a man or have a man in your life that also wants to rewire our group, Real Men Heal is open for enrollment. Also the third round. And then last but not least, guys, my membership is open and we have our October masterclass coming up called, I actually haven't announced this yet, so you're the first to hear it, Inner Child Reparented. So the first month was Nervous System Rewired. This month is going to be uh, Inner Child Reparented. I was debating between that or just calling it the inner child. So I would love to hear your vote in case I decide to change it again. <laughs> the inner child or inner child reparented. Let me know your vote. Anyway, so that membership is open. You get the monthly masterclass, a monthly Q&A. And then if you upgrade to tier two or three, you get my entire body of work at a fraction of the cost that you would get it if you paid for all of them individually, plus whatever I create. So I actually have a program that I've outlined that I am um, figuring out when to launch, but it's already there. I already know what it is and I'm not going to announce it yet, but I'm super excited about it. So good. So anyway, um, those are all the ways, those are the ways to jump in. Um, I may have a one-on-one spot opening next month, potentially, potentially, I may have someone wrapping up and that would open up a spot. Um, that is the highest level of support. It's 3k per month for weekly sessions plus Monday through Friday Voxer. Um, there's also tiers to that. So if you wanted to just do Voxer, it'd be 1500. If you want to do Voxer plus one session, Voxer plus two sessions, we have all the options, all the tiers to meet you where you're at in your healing financially time, all of the different areas. Um, but yeah, the three main ways come home to yourself for anxiously attached women, real men heal for all men and be on your wildest dreams membership, which is for anyone and everyone. And the masterclass I believe is going to be October 30th, or we could do Halloween Monday or Tuesday leaning towards the Monday. Um, but I think I will be announcing that today. So yeah, those are all the ways to do this work. 
I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for dealing with this setup where, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm looking down. If you're watching this on Instagram, I'm looking up. Like, we're going to figure it out. But for right now, we just show up. This is the messy and perfect action. It doesn't have to look perfect. You just got to show up and spread your wisdom, shed, spread your voice, and let the people hear you because you have so many gifts. Like, God, the universe made you, you, you specifically you for a reason. So getting into that purpose, that alignment, that's what we're here for. All right. I'm going to stop rambling. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time to come home to yourself, breathe deeply, befriend that fear. You are safe to own your money desires. You are safe to heal your anxious attachment. You are safe to allow your money relationship to shift and allow it to support you. How would you talk to a best friend? How would you talk to someone in a secure relationship. That's how I want you to view and talk and relate to money. Money is here for you. All right. Love you all. Here's to your abundance and healing. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you got so many nuggets out of it. If you did, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, give it a rating, comment, spread it with someone you love tag it on your stories and tag me. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.